What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is David Isaac. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. Or is it the Pistons podcast? The Grizzlies app was confused tonight. It was calling the Grizzlies the Pistons all night. I have no idea what was going on, but the Grizzlies win in Phoenix 114 to 113 on a fantastic last shot by 12. The unbelievable. The three defenders, one of the better wing defenders in the league on him. And he is still able to hang in there long enough to get that shot up and get it to go in to finish the game. Just the the Grizzlies, it did they didn't even fall apart. This is a game of runs. Yeah, they had a big lead, but this Suns team is legit. Regardless of Aiden being on the floor or not being on the floor, the Suns team beat the Grizzlies last time without Aiden, and they beat them pretty handily. He killed them. Yeah. And then tonight the Grizzlies came out there and they were just ready to play. They were playing great in the first half. It looked really good in the first half. Came out in the third and, like, punched them in the mouth, spread out a big lead. But the Suns kept fighting back. You can't expect teams, when you get them down 15, 18 points, to just fold because good teams, that's not, not going to happen. And that's exactly what happened tonight. The Suns brought it back. And Booker made a, a heck of a shot on a, a questionable screen. You know, I, I don't know that that was a screen – Jalen Smith had his arms fully extended straight out in front of him, holding He's doing it all night. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. The Grizzlies come away with the win. But just great basketball tonight from this Grizzlies squad against the Suns. Yeah, man, just a, a big-time win. And and I, I just put a tweet out, and you just kind of look at what this team has done and how resilient they are. I mean, you lose John Morant, and you had several other guys in and out of the lineup at that, that time. You go 10-2. and two. Now you're without uh, – Dylan Brooks and Deontay Melton, and you two and zero. That's just not that's not something that you see other teams do. Like other teams don't lose major major pieces out of out of rotation like that. I mean, you got two of your better wing defenders in Deontay Melton and Dylan Brooks out, and you go in and beat Phoenix, have a really good game against Golden State, and a chance to really go three and zero on this road trip. I mean, they played really well at Golden State, didn't make some shots down the stretch, but again, when you play in that level of team, some stuff happens, and, and they were in that game and. We're able to pull it out tonight. I just think that's a testament to this coaching staff to have guys in and out like that major pieces of your rotation to go out and still be able to win games. And I think it also shows this coaching staff that the confidence that they've instilled in these guys to be ready when their numbers call. I mean, you hear the cliche, uh, next man up all the time. But with this Grizzlies team, <laughs> when they say that, they mean it. Um, and they go out on the, on the floor and execute. And just a big-time victory tonight, man. I don't think many people probably gave the Grizzlies – much of a shot in this game. I mean, you think you're missing Dylan Brooks and, and Deontay Melton. Now, any team that you play in the league, this is probably the one where you really need those guys, especially defensively. And to be able to go in there and get this win, I know they were missing DeAndre Ayton. Um, Bonnie Williams wasn't there. He was out in protocol. Uh, Jay Crowder was out. But I, I'm not hearing any of that, man. You, you said it before. When they came to Memphis, uh, they were out DeAndre Ayton and, and killed the Grizzlies. So I don't want to hear those excuses. Plus, the Grizzlies got two major guys out as well. So yeah, I'm not hearing any of that, man. It's just a big-time victory. And John Morant, it, it got tested. Devin Booker, like you said, questionable screen. Uh, but Jalen Smith, you haven't seen that all night. He had kind of been getting away with that. Gets an open look, and you just knew it was going down. Grizz called a timeout, and, and John said that Taylor drew up a play for him, and, and he went out there and executed. And he said that in a post-game press conference. And the confidence that he said that with, he was like, man, I just went out and made a tough shot. And exactly, yeah. exactly what he did, man. Shades of his rookie year in Charlotte. Uh, that game where he hit the game winner mm -hmm. out there, kind of the same thing, uh, same yeah. kind of play, and just 
man, just a, another chapter in the legend of 12, man. I think there's going to be many over his career. Yeah. He, he said when he was asked about that, he's, uh, I, I tweeted out, he said, it was Jago get a bucket. And that's what I did. Yeah. That's exactly what he said, you know, and again, you know, Mikael Bridges is, is one of the better wing defenders in the league. And it wasn't just Brit, you know, he had Chris Paul was double teaming him up top. And then as he went to the basket that, you know, Devin Booker was down there. So, you know, three guys, not necessarily rim protectors, but you know, Bridges is one hell of a defender. And so that that to me just makes it even more impressive that he got this shot to fall uh, against a guy that that's the caliber of defender that Bridges is. So, you know, yeah, when I saw the, when I, when I saw the look when, when, when he was driving, I was like, man, this is probably not going to happen, man. And he found, found a way to get it in. And uh, I think that was, I can't remember who said that. I think it might've been Cam Johnson um, in their press conference. I think Drew Hill uh, from the Daily Memphian uh, tweeted this out. He said in, in their presser, he said they talked to him during the timeout about not letting him go left. And that's exactly what it, what, it, what he was able to do. He's like, man, it's tough to stop, though. You say that and then get on the court. It's a different story. And he was able to get to the left. We all know John likes to go to his left hand. And he was able to get to that left hand, man, and go go get a tough finish over, like you said, three tough tough defenders. I mean, you're not talking about big, big guys that, that block shots or anything, but those are good defenders in the league. And Bridges is definitely uh, a really good defender. And he was able to get a tough shot. There's not much you can do about that, man. You have to tip your cap. A good defense, just better offense. Great players find a way to get it done. And you know, I mentioned it, you know, with, with Steph Curry when the Grizzlies played the Warriors and Curry went crazy. Great players find a way. You know, you, you can scheme against them. You can know that, you know, they have tendencies to do this, but you know, knowing what they're doing and being able to go out there and stop it is, is two completely different things. We'll we'll get back to 12. Massive game for Desmond Bain and the list of players that I would consider moving him in a trade with is getting shorter and shorter by the day, man. Six for 11 from three, 12 for 22 from the field, 32 points, a block, a steal, three assists, six rebounds. Just, is he going to be the number two on this team? Is that what this is going to end up being? Man, I mean, you you can't really argue with what we're saying right now. And you talk about him being a piece that you wouldn't want to move. I think, Coming into the season, I, I would have never said this, uh, but I think I would be more willing to move him than, than I would be more willing to move DB now than I would Desmond Bain when they're both DB. But you know what I mean when I say DB. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that I want to move either of these guys, but if it came down to it, I think I would pick Bain as the guy to stay. I mean, he's just been fantastic. Uh, I mean, what do you have? 30, 32 points tonight, six rebounds, uh, three assists, one steal, a block. Man, super efficient, 12 or 22 from the field. Uh, 6'11 from three. I think that's his career high. I think it was five that he broke in the last game. I think against Sacramento, I think he hit five. I think six is his career high. Uh, just tremendous. I mean, you look at the numbers between him and him and Ja, said 65 points between them tonight. And really great work from all the starters. 96 points uh, for up to 114 from the stars tonight. And all these guys just came out really ready to play. I mean, even, even Conchar. Uh, had a big-time game, seven and nine, two assists, two steals, three or four from the field, knocked down three, 34 minutes, plus three. I mean, he was Johnny on the spot. Uh, there was one play, I think, where they really needed a basket. He was able to tip it back in. I mean, just, man, just tremendous. And I think Making a lot of that has to do with, yeah. To, yeah, and a lot of that just comes to him being in the lineup, in a rotation. There were times where we didn't really feel like he should be in the lineup. And, man, Taylor Jenkins had him out there. And I think 
a lot of that confidence and that he has, I think, comes from him getting the playing time. And sometimes even when we thought he should. Yeah, and it's us not wanting him in the lineup was not necessarily a knock on Conchar himself. We've mentioned before that we like him as a player, but we just don't believe that he is one of the 10 best players on this team. He's had two good games back-to-back here starting. So, you know, maybe he can get in that conversation. We can have that discussion that, that maybe he is one of the 10 best players on this team. And, you know, anytime that he's out there, he's producing – I don't know that I can be convinced that he's one of the 10 best players on this team right now, but he's definitely valuable for this team. And you can see it over these last two starts for him. Yeah. Like you say, you talk about the hustle plays. I mean, even the stats look good, but he even does a lot of stuff outside of that, man. Good defense. I mean, he steps up and guard. There were times where he ended up on Chris Paul's. It played some pretty good defense tonight at times. I mean, he just makes plays for you. I mean, he makes winning plays. And again, I just think that, comes from Taylor Jenkins having that confidence in him. And he seems to always have that confidence in him. And he seems to really play well. He plays better when he's in spots where he's playing when guys are out. Like, it seems like when they have a full complement of players and he and he plays, he does still make plays, but it just seems like when they really need him to make plays when guys are out, that's when he comes in and plays his best. And does a good game back-to-back, like you said, good games for him tonight. Steven Adams has really turned a corner that dominant in this game tonight, six, uh, 13 points, 16 rebounds, seven, seven assists, assists, nine, <laughs> nine offensive rebounds for Steven Adams. They, the, the Suns had no matchup for him. You know, JaVel me got JaVel McGee, excuse me. I'm struggling. Uh, got into some foul trouble, Yeah, but he, he's a big body, but physically like strength wise, he just couldn't match up with Steven Adams, and, and so they went, you know, Jalen Smith played about 30, almost 30 minutes tonight for the Suns just because of the matchup, and, and he played well. Jalen played Yeah, I was well. impressed, I was impressed yeah, by him. You know, yeah. um, but Steven Adams, after really struggling early in the season, has has turned it around and made the, this trade with New Orleans. Man, it's looking better and better by the day. I'm, I'm ready to see Zaire come back. Yeah, it looks like he is. He's clear of the protocols at yeah. this point. Now he's just rehabbing that ankle injury. Even though, know, even though Pranica, I was going to say Pranica on the broadcast when they, at the beginning of the game announced that he was still in it. I don't know if he just didn't get it updated when when Grizz PR put out the report today, the injury list. They didn't have health and safety protocols behind Zaire's name, so I assumed that he's out. But when Pranica announced the guys that were out, he he still said left ankle sprain, health and safety protocols. But but we'll see. Hopefully, the Grizz PR report is correct. Yeah. I mean, either way, you know, he's got to be closer to coming back. Yeah. I think they're being a little overly cautious with this yeah, because he was for out sure. for, for a little bit with an injury, and then they brought him back, and he got this ankle injury that next game. And, and obviously they're same leg but not really related. Um, you know, he just rolled the ankle. It was just a, a tough spot for him. But excited to see him come back and what he's going to be able to do. But, uh, you know, th- these bench guys are filling in great for him. The, the flying Frenchman tonight. Putting people on a poster, man. I get, yeah, call a body, man. Man, I couldn't believe that. I'm like, I thought he was gonna lay it up, and when he dunked it, I was like, oh, man, just crazy. I didn't realize that Tilly could be that explosive. Like he, yeah, he Bain, really, they, I was gonna say in the post, they asked Bane about it when I went out a minute ago with the presser, and he's like, man, someone I, I can't remember who it was that asked him said. Did you know that Bain? I mean, Bain. Did you know Tilly could get up and and, and dunk on guys like that? He's like, yeah, man. He he's sneaky. He says like he comes out there has the knee pads on, like unsuspecting. You don't think this guy do anything? Next thing you know, 
he's on your head. He's like, man, I've seen him dunk on guys, but nothing like tonight. He's like, man, they were all like hype after that, man. He's like, he, <laughs> he wasn't expecting that at all. He's, he said he thought he was going to lay it up as well. Yeah, the, the the bench went nuts, man. That's what I mean. The dunk was incredible, but the the response from the bench just made it so much better. They were there was not a guy in his seat after Tilly made that dunk. It was just electric, just a great great play by him. He he was uh, one of the better bench guys tonight. Six points. He was a minus three on the plus minus. He had a block shot, a steal, uh, three rebounds. Coming out there, just having a, a good impact on the game. And not letting this this Suns team is no slouch. It, it was not a fluke that this team made it to the finals. Their bench is deep. You know, Jalen Smith is a guy that I, I don't know that I would have expected him to come out and, and nearly put up a, a fifteen and ten. Yeah, double, I mean, he but, played you know, really well tonight. Fifteen and nine, good good stuff from him. He was five for six from the free throw line. I mean, he was one of the main reasons why they yeah. were able to, to kind of hang around. Man, if it wasn't for his contributions, man, I think the Grizzlies would have really kind of got to yeah. put it on him. Man, he kept times where they weren't able to get much. I mean, he was kind of the one of the catalyst for keeping them in the game. You yeah. never would have thought that coming in. Suns had 14 second chance points, and I'd be willing to bet you that he was responsible for the bulk of those. He had six offensive rebounds. Uh, I think I might be looking at the wrong one. Hold on. Yeah, no, that was right. Six offensive rebounds from him. So so I'd be willing to bet you that of, of those 14 points that Jalen Smith was responsible for most of those. But, you know, campaign is a good quality backup guard. Alfred yeah. Payton the same way. Landry Shamit, he, he didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but he can knock down the threes as well as anybody in the league. So not a shallow bench from this uh, this Suns team. Just a, a tough matchup for the Grizzlies, and they were able to pull it out. Man, I, I really expected a little more from Kyle Anderson. Uh, you know, he was – Yeah, not not a great night for him. Yeah, um, you know, he, he rebounded the ball well, uh, but just, just kind of struggled. He had that one shot. He had an open look late in the game, and he airballed it. And I was yeah, just that like, bad oh. miscue uh, that that kind of kind of brought Phoenix back, allowed them to get all the way back in it. Man, they inbound pass he wasn't expecting it. Ball yeah. goes out of bounds. Man, tough tough turnover. And you you just those those type of things, man, just can't happen. Especially from a veteran guy, you don't expect that kind of kind of stuff from Kyle, man. But just wasn't expecting the basketball, man. You know, turning over. I mean, you're gonna have nights like that, but yeah, man, a tough night. Did rebound the basketball well, like you said, six rebounds, but only two points. What was he one of five from the field? Uh, or one from three, 23 minutes minus seven. You you, you definitely would have expected a, a better game from him because you kind of like some of the matchups that uh, that he had in this game. Yeah, that that play that you were talking about in particular, Jenkins was talking about the communication from this team, and that was one spot where there was none. You know, he he just banged through the ball right where it needed to yeah. be, and Kyle was in a good spot to receive it, but Kyle was not looking at it at all. And what did that get them within two there, or or were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got got within two with with that play, and that's kind of what really really made it dicey right there when they Mm -hmm. when they they cut it to two, and they had that one play, the scramble play. They just couldn't get an offensive rebound. I think they had three looks, and I think Bridges eventually got the floater uh, to to go. That was a a big play in the game as well. But and and we've seen some execution problems from this team down the stretch. We saw it two games ago uh, in in Golden State. I mean, Grizz just kind of fell apart late in that game. Really close game, and they had some some miscues tonight. But tonight they were able to to overcome them. Uh, but I mean, this is like you said, a really really good basketball team, veteran guy, and Chris Paul, uh, kind of the head of the snake there. And th- I mean, it's impressive to, to go over there and get this win without Dylan Brooks and, and, and Anthony Melton. But that again, man, I, and and I said this before this game, I was like, someone asked me, they were talking about betting on the game or something. And I was like, man, the Grizzlies are kind of a hard team to bet on because you just 
never know. They they can surprise you. I said, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they covered. I think Phoenix was like a seven-point favorite. Well, uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they covered or even outright won the game. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they got blown out because thinking-wise, your mind-wise, you're like, the perimeter, perimeter players this team has, you're missing Dylan Brooks, you're missing De'Anthony Belton. You're on a back-to-back. This Phoenix team just lost their last game at home on Christmas Day. They've been off for, for a couple of days. This is a spot where you could go in there and get blown out, and, and that wasn't the case at all, man. And that's, again, man, this team will surprise you. And we talked about talked about this last week. I was like, man, you lose those two games on the home floor. If you could find a way to go two and one on this trip, you could potentially make, make up for one of those games. And they were able to do that, and they almost – Man, a few few plays here and there away from going three and zero. Yeah, yeah, that that was you know just that that fourth quarter and uh, in San Francisco, man, that really the the lack of execution there. The what was it like? I can't even remember what the percentage was in the fourth, but it was terrible. You know, like they were. Yeah, like, I mean, they were like, bad. I mean, they missed five shots like, in the paint. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, it was like but, something it was like bad, like five of. God, I give eighteen or something. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, just a terrible thing. Uh, you know, tonight in the fourth quarter, the, the guys that, that led the Grizzlies, Bain and Morant, they they were seven for 13 from the floor in the fourth. So the guys that you want to take over in the fourth got good quality looks and they knocked them down. The Grizzlies overall struggled in the fourth. It wasn't, you know, nine for 21, not a great showing, but they, they had enough of a cushion that that was enough to hold them off. It, it's I think that, you know, in, in the postgame presser, Jenkins mentioned execution, he mentioned communication, but you, you still see it here and there. You see, even in games when they manage to win, you see kind of slip ups. You see great stuff from them, you know, and the, you know, Morant being able to get to the basket and, and make that shot at the end and just, you know, other times being efficient on the offensive end, making the right passes and getting the good looks. But, as they get closer to the end of the season, and, and we're still a ways off, we're 35 games into an 82-game season, so we're a little under halfway here. But, you know, when, when we're getting closer to playoff time, these execution, these small errors are going to make the difference between winning and losing, and that could make the difference in playing or not for the Grizzlies. And I know right now they're comfortable in fourth place. They're setting, uh, I think, was it four games up on the, uh, the Three Clippers? games up. Let's see. Uh, three, three games, but let's yeah. see what the – Clippers are doing right now. If they if Clippers lose, which they were last time, yeah, they're they're about to lose to the Nets. They're down 113, 100, 353. So you think the Nets are gonna pull it out? They'll be three and a half games up on the Clippers, who will then be tied with sixth place Denver. So they'll be three and a half games up um on, on that spot. And it, like I, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. I think this is serious. I don't think this is a fluke that they're in this fourth spot. I mean, you just kind of kind of look at the, the, I think outside of – I think it's in order. Like the, the, the three teams that are ahead of them, I think I saw this stat somewhere today about the wins against Western Conference, and it lines up just like the standings. The Grizzlies are fourth outside of those three teams top in the West and Western Conference record. So I, I think this is real. I mean, I don't – you kind of look at those teams behind them and you, you just don't think – I mean, you don't have Kawhi Leonard with, with the Clippers. I mean, they got – haven't looked good. Paul George is out for a while. Same thing with the Nuggets. They got some guys out, Jamal Murray. We don't know when he's coming back. You got Michael Porter Jr. out. The Lakers look a mess. I mean, I I, I really do think this team can hold on to this fourth spot. I, I I don't think it's a fluke. I know when it first happened, you're kind of thinking, oh, well, it's super early in the season. But as time goes on, man, this is looking more and more real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got the records pulled up right now. You got uh, Golden State's 15-3 and three versus the Western Conference. Phoenix is 17-7. and seven. Utah is 14-3. and three. Grizzlies 17-9. and nine. 
and then the Clippers are below 500. The Nuggets are 500. Timberwolves are 500. Lakers, Spurs, Blazers, Kings, all under 500. Yeah, and I then, thought that's all right. Yeah, today. So, um, the Mavericks are the only other team, the only team actually below the Grizzlies that are above 500 against the Western Conference. And they've been dealing with injury stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I said that about the play-in, not because I, I don't think the, the Grizzlies can legit keep the four seed. I think that they can. But, you know, toward the end of the season when these teams are jockeying for position and when, the you know, each and every game does make a difference, but it's different. And when you get close to the end of the season, the effort is there. In a game where, you know, you may put somebody down 25 points and early in the season – because it's on the second night or the first night of a back-to-back, the coach may mail it in. You're not going to get those games. And against good teams, you're, you're not going to get them much early in the season. But that, that's something, you know, the, these execution plays, when it comes down to a one-possession game and you have a possession like the Grizzlies did when uh, Anderson airballed that shot at the end, you know, it, you, you've got to be able to execute in the half-court set. And I've got to look that up and see – where the Grizzlies are and what their offense looks like when they're running the half-court set because I feel like they're great in transition. They've got to be one of the best teams yeah. in transition in the league, but I don't know that their half-court offense is really all that efficient. And, and it's crazy to me because you have a guy like Ja Morant that can essentially get to wherever he wants to get and execute. Um, but how is that going to work out for him in, in a seven-game series in the playoffs? Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of what we saw against – Utah last year in the playoffs. I mean, they're they're at their best when they're they're turning defense into offense, when they're getting steals, getting deflections, when they get out run. When they're doing that, I mean, they are dangerous. I mean, that you you see these teams, and that's how they run off on teams. You'll see a game close to them down, and next thing you know, they're up double digits, and that's when they really get cooking. When they can get out, get steals and deflections, they'll get four or five steals in a row uh, at times and, and go down and finish. And one, when they get a transition, I think they're probably one of the better teams in the league. I'll put them transition wise up against. Anybody probably they can run with anybody, but when the game gets bogged down, like it's definitely going to do in the playoffs, that is kind of the question. And, and you do think when you have a guy like John Morant that can kind of break down defense and make plays for itself or, and make plays for others, you think they'd be a little bit better. But you have seen when games get bogged down and slow like that, they have struggled at times. And that's what we kind of saw a lot of during their losing streak, uh, right before the, the 10 and 2 stretch where they were really struggling. And that's kind of what you were seeing. I mean, teams were getting them bogged down they just weren't making shots and not getting steals and deflections and when they don't get steals and deflections that's kind of when you see them struggle uh so that that will be something to watch time goes on because later you get the season and into playoffs you're definitely going to see more and more of that teams have more film on you and they're going to know that's when you're struggling that's how they're going to try to make the game so i i've got to be honest man i'm sitting here looking looking at the western conference standings and when you're looking at where the, the grizzlies are sitting right now there's not a single team let me back. There's one team in the Western Conference that I would be scared for the Grizzlies to match up against in the first round. And the way that the standings are right now, that's going to be hard to do. And that's the Utah Jazz. I, yeah, I don't you, think they, they don't. You don't want the Utah Jazz because the, stylistically, that's not, yeah, not that, what you that want. That is the toughest Grizzlies. matchup for the Grizzlies. They match up well against Golden State. We, we have witnessed a number of really good high-quality basketball games between them over the last two seasons. They match up pretty well against Phoenix, and and that's a team that I I think that they can beat Phoenix. I I think that they would have a a shot to beat Phoenix in a seven-game series. But, you know, Gobert, Mitchell, just the 
the way that the Jazz play, I think that's just a terrible yeah. matchup for the Grizzlies. Um, I think that this team is better against them this year than they were last year because I think Steven Adams against yeah. Gobert is, is a better matchup. Yeah. Um, but. you know, because that, that's really but th- that's it, man. I'm not I'm not scared of the Clippers without Kawhi or you know, the Nuggets. They're not they're not healthy enough to be scared of them. Dallas has not been consistent enough, and I know what kind of coach that Jason Kidd is, so I'm definitely not scared of them. <laughs> you know, Minnesota has got a lot of good young talent, but are they? You know, they don't have the experience. You know, so no no reason to be afraid of them. The Lakers, yeah, it's Brian and the Lakers, but their average age is like 76, so I'm not scared of them. <laughs> And, and you know, you know, right now Popovich and the Spurs are sitting in the ten seed, which is just nuts to me, because it feels like that team has lost a ton this year. But yeah. here they are. If the season ended today, Greg Popovich and the Spurs are sitting in the play-in. And yeah, they've been on pretty, pretty decent run as of late. I mean, they were real bad early in the season. They put some some wins together. They got some blowouts over the last four or five games. They did uh, lose tonight. Uh, but yeah, man, it's the Western Conference. It's, it's weird, man. We haven't seen this. In a long time, usually you look at this Western Conference and all the way down to like 10, 11, you're thinking these teams are really good. And that's just not the case this year. I mean, a lot of these teams just are a lot of a lot of injuries. Like the Lakers are older. There's a lot of stuff going on. And it's kind of kind of top heavy. Um, I think you kind of look at the East as having a little bit more depth. And it's been a while since, since you've kind of been able to say that. Uh, but I, I do want to go back real quickly to Tilly. And, and I think people and, and even I sometimes forget that he's, on a two-way contract. They get so much usage out of him, and he's been playing so well. Like, if there was a two-way contract MVP in the NBA right now, I, I think it would, <laughs> yeah. it would have to be Tilly, man. I, I could be mistaken, not thinking about somebody. I'm sure there's some guys out there on two ways that have, that have played and played decently, but I, I can't imagine there's a guy out there that's been better than Tilly. I mean, you usually just don't get this type of production and get these type of minutes out of a, out of a, a two-way player. Yeah, and that it goes back to we talked about him – during the draft process, and he is a guy that there's no doubt in my mind would have been first round if he didn't have the injury history. I think that he was a first round pick if he didn't have the knee issues. And so you're getting to see that. That's kudos to climbing in this front office. In that draft that you get Bain at 30, then they trade up and they get Tillman in early part of the second round, and then they sign Tilly to a uh, like a rookie free agent contract. So yeah. it, it just great work by the guys that are doing the scouting for the Grizzlies to uh, to go out and get this talent. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely uh, another, another feather in the cap of, of this front office among many. I mean, when it comes to scouting and personnel, man, I, I mean, they've knocked it out of the park. I, mean, I don't think there's any question of identifying uh, Desmond Bain and, and jumping up and get him. And even, even though – extra struggle. I think where you got him and the production that you have got out of him at times, I think he was a steal there as well. I mean, uh, it's we'll see on Adama and, and how that plays out and kind of Zah was a, a no-brainer, but you get Brandon Clark as well, make the move to get him. I think, I mean, it's just, they've just done tr- tremendous uh, when, when it comes to, to player drafting and personnel-wise, uh, and Dantilly is just a, another example of that as an undrafted guy. Uh, but to, to run down the team stats real quick, uh, Grizzlies 45 of 88 for 51.1%. Phoenix 41 of 90 for 45.6%. So, uh, two more attempts for Phoenix. Uh, four more makes uh, from the field from the Grizzlies. 45 makes the 41 for Phoenix. Uh, three point line almost identical. 
Uh, Grizzlies 11 of 29 for 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 87 point what am i looking at is this correct no that's not correct uh, i don't know what the number is i don't know where 37, i got down here 37.9 yeah 11 to 29 but that would be crazy man he's not 88 percent for three on 29 attempts but Ooh. 11 to 29 for 37.9 percent 11 of 31 for 35.5 percent for phoenix phoenix uh two more attempts but uh same amount of makes 11 and that's really good for a team like phoenix that really likes to shoot the free free ball to be even with them I thought was big for the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, free throw line, 13 of 17 for the Grizzlies for 76.5%. Phoenix, 20 of 23 for 87%. So plus six in their attempts for Phoenix and plus seven in makes. Uh, so the Grizzlies were still able to, able to win the game, even though they were minus seven from the charity strike. Uh, rebounds, Grizzlies took advantage like they should, 50 to 35. 15 offensive rebounds to 10 for Phoenix. Of course, Stephen Adams had a lot to do with that. 16 rebounds, I think nine offensive rebounds in the game. Uh, assists, 22 to 25 Phoenix. Uh, steals 10 to 11 Phoenix, blocks 62 Grizzlies. Uh, turnovers 19 for the Grizzlies, 11 for Phoenix. Fast break points 4 to 9 Phoenix, and points in the paint. Grizzlies always pretty big there, 62 to 46. Yeah, just great overall team win for the Grizzlies. Next game Wednesday at the Forum against the Lakers, the 65 year old Los Angeles Lakers. I'm excited about it, man. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm worried. I'm worried about the health and safety protocols because it seems like we're seeing players just yeah. You just never know. And it's it's fantastic for guys that are getting opportunities. These G League guys, you know, guys that that have been around that kind of faded out yet and Emmanuel Moody is on a you know he's on a 10 day somewhere yeah. Isaiah Thomas came back for the Lakers on man, the I saw Joe was even back with, yeah. with Boston man bringing him bringing him back man that, that was, that was kind of crazy to see got a while yeah. <laughs> the, the Grizzlies signed Xavier Sneed giving them another X so now they have two X that are two X's that are going <laughs> to give it to you Tyrell Terry did you uh do you remember hearing that exchange last night in that Kings game whenever uh that it was funny. Shaq Buchanan and Tyrell Terry checked in at the same time. Yeah. And Pete was talking about uh, Buchanan being a college teammate and friend of John Morant. And then he mentioned Tyrell Terry and Brevin's like, well, you better go ahead and say, yeah, say what yeah. college he came from. college he's from, yeah. <laughs> I was oh, laughing. Man, I that love was so Brevin. funny to me. I, I love the chemistry between those two guys. And yeah, they're, they're, they're just you know phenomenal at their job. We really are blessed to have – Two of the best, you know. I watch a lot of league pass, and man, th- there's some of these guys that are not near as good that you listen to whenever you you watch this on league pass. So, you know, shout out to those two guys for being great at what they do, and, and enjoy them, and, and love the chemistry and the, you know, the camaraderie, the the back and forth. He wanted to make sure Tyrell Terry played at Stanford. If you all were not aware, aware so yeah. that's why Brevin was. Uh, that's why Brevin was giving Pete a little bit of crap. But, yeah, he was able to come in and get a bucket as well. I was glad to see that. I was hoping Shaq could get one up, but Tyrell Terry got got on the board like right on cue. I think that same play when they first got in, um, he got a little jumper to go there. Uh, but yeah, man, just again, man, looking back on the night, just a tremendous victory. And, and again, man, you're superstar player, you're all star. Hopefully, uh, I, I think we have a pretty good shot of seeing that this year. Was able to make a play, um, <laughs> like you said, man. He, he need to make a play, man. Just went out and and made it and get down uh you got a big lead to lose it and a lot of young teams kind of fold up in those situations but th- this team doesn't do that man and, and able to to come out to come out there with a victory against a good tough suns team like you said i mean teams are going to make runs and this suns team, suns team might could possibly be the best team in the nba i mean they were in the nba finals last year 
And I, I think they a lot of people thought they would slip a little bit this year. I think they might even be better this year. And to, to be able to go in there and get a victory minus Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton, man, I, I don't think it can be understated how, how big this is for this team and to be able to, to go two and one, which on the road trip where most people would have expected them to go one and two, even going back to, to yesterday, I man, a game where they did not play well in the first half. I, I felt like that game was trending in the wrong direction. Grizzlies were down by one at the half, and they just came out in, in the third quarter, man, kind of put their foot down, man, and kind of ran away and hit on them, uh, was able to come out there with a victory. And two and one on the road trip, man, super, super impressed. That, that's what you wanted, right? You said if they can find a that's way to it, go man. two and one. It almost it, went three and zero, oh, man. It, yeah, it didn't yeah, go I down. Away from one three and zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I didn't expect it to go down. I figured, you know, with this being uh, second night of a back to back, yeah, I didn't man, think it, this was, was a tough got spot. Their second win, but hey, I, I'll take it for sure. I do want to talk about the All Star voting, and and I want to coach a little bit here because I think this is extremely important. When you're doing your All Star voting, it's easy to do the the tweet when you're you know you put John ja Morant hashtag NBA All Star. But if you're voting and you're voting for the 10 players, the five from the West, five from the East, I want to encourage you to vote for a guy like Steph Curry, not because this is a Warriors podcast, but it's going to come down to this, man. Steph Curry is going to be an all-star. 100% he's going to be an all-star. If you take your vote and you put it toward a secondary guy because he's having a good year. A great example is DeJounte Murray for the Spurs. He's been incredible this year. I want to vote for DeJounte Murray because I think he deserves to be an all-star, but I'm not going to do it. I'm voting for Steph Curry because I know that he's going to make it nationally, you know, recognize he's, you know, one of the faces yeah. of the league. If yeah, you I know vote for a secondary guard – you're taking a vote away from yep, John Morant. John Morant. Yep. That's what it. That's what it boils down to. So Grizz Nation, as much as I don't want to encourage you to vote for a Warrior, <laughs> that Steph Curry is the guy. That's the other guard. When you're voting for guards with your All Star vote, your second vote should go to Steph Curry to ensure that one of these secondary guards that are getting votes, deservingly so, doesn't pass John Morant. Yeah, I mean that. That's. 100% correct. I'm definitely right there on board with you, but I think, I think, I think Doc gets in. I just think he's, I know he missed some time, but I, I just think the numbers are just off the charts. And I mean, you see what he's doing tonight against a, a guy like Chris Paul, who is that kind of performance against a team like Phoenix is going to get recognition. And that's the thing about job. I mean, we've had really great players that we appreciated in Memphis and we appreciated outside of Memphis, but I think Jaw is, is different than, than any guy that we've ever had on this team. I mean, you're going to go, all around the country, and you're going to see guys with John Morantzers on. Even his rookie year, he was getting all-star votes. Like, he was on the on the number. Like, when you look down, count down, like, guys, five, six, he was on that list even his rookie year. So, we know that people outside of Memphis are voting for John Morant, but I definitely uh, agree with David's, David's assessment there. When you vote for other secondary guys like that, you're splitting the vote up, and that's kind of going to make it muddy there, but behind Steph Curry, man, give that vote to John Morant, because he definitely deserves to be there and was putting up all NBA numbers uh, before he, before the injury and doing that again tonight. Yeah, and, I, you know, there's other guys that have had injuries and that have missed time. Luka Doncic has missed quite a bit of time this year. I think he's honestly missed more games than Jod after going. And you know he's going you know to be an all-star. But, but he's going to be an all-star. Bron has missed some time. He's going to be an yeah. all-star. Anthony Davis is injured right yep. now. And my guess is because he's a Laker. Laker, he's going to be all-star. I mean, those, those guys voted Alex Caruso went to the, to the all-star yeah. game a few yeah. years ago. So, you know, anybody on the Laker, like, it's it's nuts. Like, I've looked out. I can't remember. 
was Caruso and it was somebody else one year. Um, God, what's the 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 center's name? Zubac. Yeah. When he was playing for the Lakers, he was mm-hmm. he was like right there on the line to be an All Star one year uh, for the fan vote. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just madness. But man, I, I think that's all we got. Isaac, you got anything else before we get out of here, man? No, I'm not, man. Just again, man. Just a, a tremendous victory. Maybe go two and one on this trip. Uh, you coming back home, got two big home games Wednesday night against the Lakers, San Antonio Spurs team that even though they're they're 14 and 19, still always going to be tough, man. Greg Popovich, coach team, uh, they've had some injuries. We'll see what guys are going to do. Deontay Murray, like David said, is a guy that I really like. Love to watch him play. I think he's underrated. Got some some good players on that team. Uh, White is a, a really good player. Uh, so that's two good games on the home floor. And then they got that tough stretch uh, to start the month of January with five and seven days. Start off with the East Coast uh, at Brooklyn on Monday. Uh, on the back-to-back, you're in Cleveland. Next night on Tuesday, get a day off. Back home in here in Memphis against the Pistons. Another day off, and then you're on back on the West Coast. At least it's both L.A. Uh, Saturday at the Clippers, Sunday at the Lakers. But that's rough, man. Anytime you have to play five games in seven days, Grizz got to be ready, man, to start the new year. That's going to be a, a, a pretty tough stretch. Yeah, hopefully we get some of the guys back and we avoid any more COVID. Uh, oh, and real quickly on the, on the COVID front, they've kind of changed the rules where guys only have to miss six days instead of ten. Like I, I have some questions about that, but I mean that's what 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 is what is going to be, man. We'll see how it works out. I'm sure some people are extremely happy about it. I I have some questions about it. We're not going to get into that, but so yeah. maybe we can get some of these guys back for, for the Grizzlies quicker. Uh, maybe we'll see them back a little bit quicker than they would have been. Uh, but, before they change the rule. Yep, for sure. So we'll get out of here. You can get me on Twitter. I am at dwill2111. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies, E-T-H-O-S, Ethos Grizzlies. Go and find us on Twitter. We enjoy the conversation with you guys. Keep a lookout. We're going to do a giveaway. I was going to do it for Christmas, but uh, was just too busy, couldn't do it. So um, into the new year, into the first week of the new year, we're going to uh, – do a giveaway. I haven't decided exactly what we're going to do yet, but I'll get back to you on that. Keep your eyes out for that. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. I-S-A-A-C underscore rivals. Again, the Grizzlies will be on the home floor Wednesday night taking on the Lakers, and we'll be back Thursday with a post-game to discuss that one. Hopefully, we'll be talking about another big Grizz victory against the AARP Lakers. Uh, but, uh, but until next time, man, we'll, we'll talk to you Thursday. David, I'm not We go.